I just wanted to see all your faces. <laughs> it's good to be here. You ever wonder why you're here? Why are you here? Worship God, learn things. But what, what led you here? People? Your neighbor? I mean, how many of you, you passed another church on your way to this church? But yet you came here during our first fall snowstorm. <laughs> here you sit at Shepherd's Gate Church, or you're watching us online, or maybe you're watching later on demand. Think of this, you're giving up an hour of your time to be here. Think how valuable that is. You could be anywhere right now. You could be listening to anyone right now, and yet you're here. That's a miracle. Amen. Every Sunday, honestly, to, for me, it's, it's shocking that people show up. Because none of you have to be here. All of this is voluntary. Now, some of you, uh, you may have picked up on Kelly's prayer in there. If you haven't been here or you're a guest, man, we are so glad to have you here. We want to welcome you, whether you're in person or online. My name's Tim. I get the privilege of being the lead pastor. And uh, I haven't been here the last three Sundays. And in the 17 years that I've been at Shepherd's Gate, I have never missed three Sundays in a row. And it's kind of crazy because there was some rumors circulating as to why I wasn't here. Um, my favorite one was that I went on an exotic uh, vacation <laughs> to a warmer place. But those that know me, those that are getting to know me, um, I'm very open and transparent. And rather than just have everybody try to figure out maybe what's going on, I'll just be completely honest with you this morning. Uh, it was three and a half weeks ago that I was here uh, at church, and I had a couple meetings in the morning, and around noon I came out of the conference room for my second meeting, and Kelly Veach, who you saw in the video, she works here, she said, you look awful. And I said, I feel awful. I feel like I just need to go home and take a nap. And so I left, and I went home uh, and took a nap, and when I woke up, I knew something wasn't right. And so to make a long story short, I ended up testing positive for COVID on Wednesday before a Sunday, right? And here's the funny part. I actually called Pastor Craig on my way home because uh, we'll often talk during the week. He'll give me updates. He does all of our pastoral care here on what's going on with members. And I said, you might want to read the passage for this week if this doesn't turn out well for me uh, tonight. And lo and behold, on Thursday, I had a call him and said, guess what, buddy? You're preaching on Sunday. But I'm so thankful for Pastor Craig. I'm so thankful for our student director, Ben Marsh, uh, who's covered the last two weeks and done an unbelievable job. These guys are just incredible preachers. I have a new appreciation for a lot of things. I have a new appreciation for all of you. I have a new appreciation just for uh, those that work in the medical community and how hard they work and everything that they do. So that's me, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So this morning, uh, if you are a guest, one of the things that we love doing here at Shepherd's Gate is working through books of the Bible or letters that, that God inspires people to write. And so we've been on a series since the beginning of September on 1 Peter. 
which is a letter that Peter wrote to a bunch of churches in this area called Asia Minor. And so today we've actually made it up to the last chapter of 1 Peter. And so what we like to do is just open up the Bible, go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and whatever it is that, that, is, that is the text for that week, that is what we preach on. And in doing that, there's nothing in the Bible you can skip. There's nothing in the Bible that you can gloss over on. You have to preach exactly what the text says. Amen? And, then so, and so today is going to be interesting. Today is going to be a little bit different, just so you know. So if this is your first time here, I'd encourage you to come back again and come back again. In fact, if you are looking for a church, it's always good to go to a church three weeks in a row uh, so that you get kind of a flavor of that church. But today we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 7. Uh, we do have chair Bibles in the seats in front of you. If you want to grab one of those Bibles, you can do that. Uh, if you're in the front row, they're underneath the seat. If you have your own Bible, you can turn to 1 Peter 5. If you're watching online, go ahead and find the Bible that's in your home or click the Bible tab on the screen that's online and just type in 1 Peter 5 and it'll take you right to that. Also, if you're a guest and you don't have a Bible, will you please take a Bible home with you today? Uh, we would love to give you that as, uh, as a gift from our church. So here's what's interesting. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. We're all on it together. You ready for this? This is what it says. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Okay, so he's getting ready to say something, but he wants you to know who he is addressing this to. So we've talked about a lot of things the last several weeks. We've talked about uh, what God's plan is for us in all these different facets and areas of our lives, and he gets to chapter five, and he's purposely going to address elders. But what are elders? Who are elders? And in the strictest form in this text, elders are actually pastors. So Peter's getting ready to talk to me. Isn't that cool? And you all get to listen in on what it is that Peter is going to tell the pastors of this church because when he wrote this letter and they went to the churches, they would actually read it from beginning to end. It's not like how we take, and we take two and a half months to dive into the text. They would have known a lot of the, the cultural things, so they wouldn't have needed as much explanation. And so here he is, he's addressing the pastors in front of the congregation. So you get to hear what it is that God wants me to know. Isn't that cool? So let's just treat this as a job interview, okay? You're interviewing me, you're assessing me to think if I actually have the capacity to do this job. Ready? This is what it says. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. So that's what God would say to me, that's what God would say to every pastor on this planet. First and foremost, you are to shepherd the flock. Shepherd the flock. And that as you do this, you don't do this under compulsion. You don't become a pastor because you feel guilted into it or because someone is forcing you to do it. You have to do this willingly as God leads you to do it. And it's not for shameful gain. Well, why would he say that? Have we ever seen pastors or evangelists or people that maybe start getting into this area where you start to wonder, are they really doing it for the right reason? And Tim, are you doing it? Are you our pastor for the right reason? Not domineering over those in your charge. 
Hey, you're in a place of leadership. You're in a place that, that people look up to you and you have to know not only how to shepherd but also to be an example to the flock. Do you know the job description for a pastor is actually in the Bible? Did you know that? You don't even have to write a, you don't even have to write a job description because God wrote one for us. Do you want to see it? Yeah. All right, I'm glad you said yes. <laughs> so this is Paul writing uh, to the church in Crete in Titus. He said, this is why I left you, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I have directed you. So you have Paul, who's another close follower of Jesus, and you have Peter. And these guys were amazing missionaries and church planners. I mean, they really, under under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, really had the passion to want to go and to reach as many people for Jesus as possible. And so they're out there planting churches. When you plant churches, you also have to plant pastors. You have to get people that are willing to be pastors. And he says this, If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, His children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. So think of my job description, right? This isn't just on me, it's on my kids as well. Think of that. Anybody else have that in their job descriptions? No? How about this? For an overseer, a pastor, as God's steward must be above reproach. He really wants you to be above reproach, right? He said it twice now. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for for gain. Isn't that interesting as well? Does anybody else have a job description where it tells you what you are not allowed to be? I think pastor might be the only job description on the planet where it tells you you cannot be any of these things. This is what you are to be. Hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine. Again, preach the word, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So the pastor has to be willing to tell the congregation the truth. A pastor has to be willing to open God's word and to share God's word unashamedly of what it is that God says to us. It's not open to cultural interpretation. It's not open to what I think or how I feel. It's open to what God says and what it is that you need to hear from God. That's the role of a pastor. And it's a serious role. It is a difficult role. It is sometimes hard to navigate all of the facets of what it is that God has called a pastor to do. This is what James said. James said this, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. So he's talking to the church as well. Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. That's great, isn't it? That's at the bottom of the job description under, you know, the final things. You know, job descriptions always have those things. Oh, and just so you know, we're all going to be judged. We're all one day going to stand before God, and those that are in places of leadership, those that have places of leadership in the church, are actually judged more strictly. It's how serious this is. And so here's what I want to ask you this morning. As you're evaluating this, as you're evaluating, maybe you're here and you've been checking out Shepherd's Gate because you were at a church And maybe God, through the Holy Spirit, is stirring your heart to look to move to another church. Or maybe you're here at Shepherd's Gate, and for the last several months, maybe in the last couple of years, you know that maybe God is stirring your heart, and you're trying to assess, is Shepherd's Gate going to be my home for the next year or five years or ten years? And this is what's interesting, is we never talk about this in church, do we? Because it's awkward, right? It's awkward to talk about the movement of people to different churches. But do you know that it's actually natural? that it actually happens all the time. 
that people move, and, and, and it's God moving through his spirit and putting place, people in different places and in different communities based on where he wants them to serve with their gifts. So let me ask you this. Who do you allow to speak spiritual matters into your life? Think of that. Who speaks spiritual matters into your life? Jordan said me. (laughs) And who are those influences? And do you know what those influences believe? Do you know what those influences teach? Again, some of you, maybe you are looking for a church, maybe you're new here and, and you're looking at me and you're looking at our leadership structure and those on staff and, and who preaches from this pulpit and the way that we design our kids and our student and our adult ministries. You should dig deep into that. You should ask lots of great questions and find out and figure out who we are as a church and what it is that we believe and where it is that we believe that God is leading us in the future. Let me ask you this question. What is the main responsibility of a pastor? Who said that? What? Lead the flock? flock? No, who said word in sacrament? Was that Pat? Oh, Patrick. All right. What else? Teach? What do you want from your pastor? (laughs) Except COVID. You don't want me to give you COVID. That's my three-week break, right? So... (laughs) Think of this. This is what we would say if you're wondering. What is it that, they, that, that the primary role of a pastor is this? To preach the word and administer the sacraments. Pat over here got it right, 100%. The most important thing you need in a pastor is to preach you God's word and administer the sacraments to you. And this is what I love about our church is we know that sometimes this isn't always the, 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 the right fit for people. And so people will come in and they'll talk to us, maybe they'll check us out. We always say the same thing. We want you to be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. And if this isn't the place, we will help you. We will guide you. We will give you whatever resources we can to direct you to a community that you can feel that you can be a part of. See, what's happened in our society, and what's happened because of COVID, and what's happened because of, of all the other things that have kind of broken up the church, the church has been shaken, has it not? I mean, the church as we know it has been shaken. And so now, like many churches, you, you have online church, you have opportunities for people to do different things. And so what's happening is there are some people that used to be part of one local community, and now all of a sudden it, they're moving into a different phase where they're not actually committed to a church. They may be committed to four churches, And so it's the first Sunday of the month, so they'll watch this church service. For the second Sunday of the month, they'll watch this one. Third one, they'll watch this one. Fourth one, they'll watch this one. And what happens is you're getting teaching, you might be getting sermons, but you're losing the connectivity that you have by being part of a local congregation. You're losing the relationship value that God designed us to be in just as he designed the early churches back in Peter and Paul's time. That's why they planted all these different churches. That's why they gave them all their own pastors. That's why they said, here's the community that you are to be part of. See, God was very strategic in all of Scripture in making this abundantly clear. It says this. This is what Paul actually told Timothy. This was Paul at the end of his life. He's pouring into this young pastor and he gives him these words. He says, preach the word. 
That's your job. Preach the word. And I hope to God that as you assess what we do here at Shepherd's Gate, that you'll assess all of us that speak from this uh, altar that we preach the word of God. And that we, are be, that we are to be prepared in season and out of season. And here's the fun part for being a pastor. Ready for this? We get to correct re- and rebuke you. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Again, we get to tell you what sin is. Stop doing this. This is what God's word says. This is not what's best for your marriage. This is not what's best for your life. This is not what's best for you. And the Holy Spirit through his word is convicting you and guiding you into this. And so not only do you have this responsibility of teaching law, of correcting and rebuking, but you also get to encourage people. That you go to a church that just doesn't lambaste you and you're constantly just feeling like garbage when you leave the church. You need to leave encouraged as well the gospel. That God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to this earth to live a sinless life. To ultimately, in his time, and, 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 at the, and, at the, and at the appointment that he set forth, to put himself on a cross, to stretch out his arms, to bleed and die for our sins, that he would die and three days later rise from the dead so that we could have life and have it to the full. Those are encouraging words, church, for all of us. And think of this, that these encouraging words come with great patience and careful instruction and I can tell you this and many of you know this I am not a patient person (laughs) when I was thrown into the basement for eight days (laughs) to protect the rest of my family and I was sleeping 20 hours a day you gotta understand something I'm a guy that goes at about 120 miles an hour It's the way God's wired me. It's the way that I function best. And to go from going 120 miles an hour to zero devastated me. It humbled me. And not only did I not have the physical capacity to do what I did, clearing off two and a half weeks of meetings and all of these appointments that I had, it was also the mental torture that you go through because I couldn't think. Has anyone ever experienced this? I literally could not think. But here in that time, what was amazing is, is how incredible the bodies that God has given us really are. Did you know that? The fact that, that, that you're dealing with this virus, right, that who even knows what the heck this whole thing is made up of, and your body shuts down, and my body shut down to fight this thing to keep me alive. See, by day four, I said to Lisa, I said, I'm okay if the Lord takes me home. <laughs> And sometimes our friends get weirded out by this because I talk about death sometimes. And it's like, I know who I believe in. I know, I know who's in charge. I know he'll take care of Lisa, my wife. I know he'll take care of the kids. This is terrible. This is, I wouldn't wish, wish this on my worst enemy. And again, God teaching me patience. God teaching all of us. What is he? What is it that he's been up to the, these last two years? I mean, we all know 2020 was just wonky, right? And then going into 2021, which we're only a a month and a half away from, and I think we're all going to do what we did in 2020. We are going to stay up on New Year's Eve just so that we can say goodbye to 2021, hoping that 2022 is going to be a better year, amen? Amen. So all those that are clapping, we're going to have a party here at church, okay. (laughs) But these are also the instructions a few verses later. He says this, watch your life and doctrine closely. 
Watch your life and your doctrine closely. As you evaluate, as you think about the the church that you would be part of, persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So again, he's talking to pastors, but I believe this is applicable to all of us that we're guarding our hearts and our minds and we're saying, God, who is it that you would have speak into my life? And is the person that you're having speak into my life, are they actually helping me grow in my faith? Are they helping me grow closer to Jesus? And again, I know sometimes it's difficult. I know sometimes it's like, you know, when people transition and things take place, it can be awkward. I can tell you this, some of the most healthy conversations take place when people just have a face-to-face meeting about what they're frustrated about. And this is funny because of God's timing, but this last Monday I got an email from a husband and wife. They've been members of our church for a long time. And they said, hey, Pastor Tim, we just want to send you an email to let you know what's going on with us. Uh, because of, of our kids and our grandkids and because of COVID, we haven't been able to be at Shepherd's Gate as much as we used to be in the past, but we found a church that's closer to our home. And wouldn't you know, our kids and our grandkids are going to church with us. And so will you grant us a peaceful release to go to this church? And you know what I told them? No, I ain't no. <laughs> of course, you get to worship with your kids and your grandkids. Of course, you get to be at a community that's close. That's incredible, that's awesome. I hate losing people. I don't want people to leave Shepherd's Gate. But sometimes it's just natural, it just happens. This last Friday, it's interesting that it would happen twice in one week. This last Friday, I got a call from a couple who moved to Detroit a year and a half ago because they felt that God was calling them to go and minister in Detroit. And he, and he called and he said, hey, Tim, I just wanted to connect with you. I just wanted to let you know, give you an update because we haven't been there in a year and a half, but we could still consider Shepherd's Gate our home. What is happening with us? And so it was great. We got to talk. He got to tell me that he and his wife just retired earlier this year, and so they're transitioning even more into getting involved in the community and especially in Detroit and he said, man, it's taken us a year and a half to find a church because it's been so complicated with COVID. He said, but we found this church. I don't know if you're familiar with this church, but we found this church. It's called Bethany Lutheran Church. <laughs> Some of you know this church. And the pastor, his name is Pastor Chris Bodley. <laughs> I said, never heard of the guy. <laughs> if you didn't know, Pastor Chris Bodley is probably one of the best preachers I've ever heard, and we have him come and preach here all the time. He's one of our favorite guest preachers to have here. I said, you are gonna love being in that church. You're gonna love being part of that community. So, I was so excited for them. And that's what God does in his grace and his mercy. He puts people where he wants them to be. And God is the one that's in charge of this church. Check this. That's what it says next in verse four. It says, when the chief shepherd... So now there's not just a shepherd, now there's a chief shepherd appears. This is Jesus, just so you know. You, he's speaking to the elders and pastors, will receive the unfading crown of glory. So what does this mean? That all pastors get a special crown in heaven? Wouldn't that be cool? No, it's not what this means. What this means is, this is just another expression for salvation. He's encouraging pastors. He's saying, by the way, as you step into these roles, you also are under the covering of God. You also have been saved of your sins. And when Jesus reappears, when Jesus comes back to this earth, you will be part of that. He's encouraging them in that. And I think what's so cool is this, is that he is pointing out the chief shepherd. That every pastor has a higher person that they report to. Did you know that? 
that every pastor is under Christ. Christ is actually the head of every biblically functioning church. And Christ is the one that leads and guides us into our future. And people will say, well, what do you think is the future of Shepherd's Gate? I don't know. I remember last year at this time, it was November 2021, and we were having our annual business meeting, and we had no idea what God was preparing us at that time into 2021. See, somebody else had actually purchased the properties to the north of our building, and we had gotten word that they were going to put a Dairy Queen in front of our church. And we said, well, it's not the worst thing in the world. (laughs) So our team had been planning, well, how do we do outdoor services and partner with Dairy Queen so that we can, like, have this, like, missional thing out there, right? That was our plans in 2021, and God said, just wait a second, just be patient, just allow me to do my plan in my way, and wouldn't you know, because we were patient, we had no choice, and we unfolded it in God's plan, we were able to get the properties way cheaper than we originally thought we were going to get them for. God's at work. God's moving and leading and guiding his church. And God's going to continue to lead and guide this church. This is also what he says in verse 5. He says, likewise, so he's saying, okay, pastors, this is what your responsibility is. You who are younger, which he didn't give any age parameters on this. So anybody that you just want to consider yourself younger, you also be subject to the elders. Hey, young people, it's okay to, to allow a pastor to speak into your life. It's okay to allow church workers. And we're so blessed here with our staff and those that work in, in kids' ministries and the volunteer leaders who, who step up and they serve and they lead and they teach. And our kids and our students and our adult ministries and our care ministries, all of those areas, people speaking truth, people speaking God's word into people's lives to help them, to encourage them. He goes on to say this, clothe yourselves all of you, okay? So now we're all in this together with what? Toward one another. Why would he need to tell us this? Why do we need humility? Dominic? Because we're human. Why else do we need humility? And this is one of the hardest things sometimes to have especially in the society that we find ourselves in? Do you wake up in the morning and just pray for humility? Anyone? God, could you just humble me again today? I know I'm going to read my news sources and I'm going to follow my influencers on social media, but God, can you just help me to be humble and to go about my day and to listen and to value and to speak into other people's lives? Humility. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He goes back, and this is like over 20 times now that Peter's done this. He quotes the Old Testament. Think of this. If you don't humble yourself, guess who's going to do it? God. Do you really want God humbling you? Isn't it much easier if you just humble yourself before God? But this is what happens. And this was what often can happen in a church, especially as you move forward into the future. And maybe the future is scary. Maybe the future is unknown. Maybe there's some things that we need to change here at Shepherd's Gate. This is what the devil will use as a tactic to get his foot in the door to cause division. What will happen in a church is all of a sudden they'll become this us versus them mentality. And do you know why this seeps into the church? 
because this is how our world operates. Think of every facet that you operate in the world. It's all an us versus them mentality, isn't it? If you're an employee, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to be taught to fight your boss or to fight manager or fight those people. And if it's the other way, you're supposed to fight them that way. If you're not on this political side, you must be on this political side. If you're not on this moral side, then you must be on this moral side. If you don't take a stand for this thing, then you must be taking a stand for this thing. And so all day long, we deal with this us versus them mentality. So no wonder it seeps into the church, especially when things began to change or things began to progress or we began to grow as a congregation. Who is the us? Who's the us in a church? You, right? Who then becomes the them? Me. So it's the congregation versus the pastor. That's terrible. Can I tell you this? There is no us and them in a church. I am you. I'm part of this church. I'm part of your family. You're part of my family. We have to guard to make sure that the devil does not try to distort or bring this stuff into our church as we move into the future. Because I can tell you, any church that's preaching the word of God, any church that is seeing growth, any church that is watching people get baptized and come to know faith and families coming together, he is not going to be happy about that. I can tell you that. And come back next week because we're going to do a whole explanation on who the devil is and, and explain him from the Old Testament into the New Testament. This is what God's word says. You ready for this? This is the challenge for a congregation. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Not even Albrecht gave me an amen, right? Because <laughs> you don't want to. It goes back to what you said, right? Who wants to be humble and listen to this? Because they keep watch over what? Holy smokes, I'm responsible. And the staff's responsible, and Pastor Craig and everybody else that, uh, that's, that's in a leadership position. It's a huge responsibility. Again, it's not us versus them. We're on the same team. We want the best for you. We want Jesus for you and your family. As, and then, and just a reminder for those that are in leadership, we have to give an account. Remember James told us the same thing? Do this so that their work will be what? Not a burden, for that would be of no value or benefit to who? Think of that. Think of what it is that God would be speaking to you today. Your heart, your attitude toward the church toward being here in worship, toward receiving the gifts that, that, that he has bestowed upon you. This is what he says in verse 15 that, that um, Ben gave us last week. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Do you remember this part of Ben's sermon last week? Right? So if all of you, if none of you could commit murder, that would be great, right? That, if none of you could, could be a thief, that would be great. If everybody could stop doing evil, that would be great. But yet he puts meddler in the same sentence, in the same context, because he knows that loose lips and gossip and that us versus them is what can actually destroy a church. And Peter wants his churches unified in Christ. Amen? Amen. So I'll tell you this. 2020 is going to be a pivotal year for Shepherd's Gate Church. I just know it. Oh, 2022. You're right. 2022. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> it is. And we don't even know all that God has in store. 
We really don't truly know. And it's going to take all of us to be on board and speak into this and be willing to lock arms and to love each other and to serve each other and to humble ourselves before each other and say, God, whatever you have for the future of this church, we want to be aligned with you. Amen? So this is how he ends the passage. Humble yourselves, says it again. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time, he may exalt you. And then this is the passage. A lot of people like to extract this out, right? They use this as a, as a key verse in their lives. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. All your anxieties. Whatever anxiety you have about the future of of your place of employment, the anxiety that you have about the future of your family, the anxiety that you have about the future of our country, and the anxiety that you may have about the future of this church. God has big, broad shoulders, and he can take it. And we can put it on him, and we can trust that he is going to provide, he is going to lead, and he has a brighter future ahead for us. Amen? Amen? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to come before you in worship and in prayer and to open your word. And God, to see something that was written so long ago but yet is so applicable to our lives today. And so God, just as your word instructs us, we bow our heads and we close our eyes in a posture of humility so that we can ask you, God, to humble us to show us those areas that maybe we've gotten too opinionated or we're too arrogant or we're too this or we're too that or we're too domineering. God, that you would humble us before you. Remind us once again of the incredible gift that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ. Remind us that you have placed us on this planet not to get everything that we want or hope or dream, but that, God, we're on this planet to advance the gospel, that people that don't know you would come to know you. And God, we pray that 2022 would be one of the most fruitful years yet in the history of this church. God, I do pray that you would continue to watch over the leadership and the staff of this church. God, that we would have humble hearts, that we would be led by your spirit, that the decisions that we would make would be honoring to you. And that together, God, you would hold this church together, that you would continue to unify us into whatever future you have for us. God, we love you and we thank you. We pray all these things in your son's most holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, I have one more announcement for you this morning uh, that I need to share with you. And uh, this is really cool. This is incredible news. And so thankful that we're able to do this on this day, given the text that we are studying. But... Many of you know Ben Marsh, uh, who preached the last two Sundays, as our student director. He was actually hired back in February of 2020. Uh, He came from Texas right before the whole world uh, blew up and fell apart. And he's been doing an unbelievable job in student ministry. In this last year, in 2021, we've had a lot of conversations with Ben uh, because we know that Ben has always felt a call at some point in his life to go into pastoral ministry. And so we prayed about it, our leadership came together, our church council, our personnel committee, our staff, and we just said, maybe this is what God is calling Ben to do. Maybe this is the time and the season that Ben would begin this process. And so we prayed, Ben talked to his family, got agreement with his wife and his family, and they said, if it's God's will, let's have him apply, and if he gets accepted, we know that God would be leading and guiding him into this future. And so wouldn't you know, just a few weeks ago, Ben was actually accepted into the specific ministry program. 
And so he's here today and his family. Can you guys all come up? Can you give him a huge hand as he comes at this time? Now, as they're coming up here, I'll point a couple things out on, on the slide here. Uh, this is incredible because this means that Ben does not have to leave Shepherd's Gate and go to seminary for four years. He will continue serving here. Uh, you guys can come up, come on up. He's going to continue serving here at Shepherd's Gate. Now, this is a four-year program, and the way that it's designed is most of his classes will be online. Uh, ben and I, in February, will be flying to St. Louis for orientation and then uh, shortly thereafter is when he'll actually officially start his classes. Uh, so after two years of being in this program, he will be an ordained pastor. And so we'll have, a, we'll have an ordination service for him. It's going to be exciting because then he can do weddings and funerals and baptisms and communion and move more into that realm. Uh, but we also want you to know that he's going to continue being our student director for the next four years. And so that's all part of the plan that we believe that God has laid on our hearts. So we are so thrilled. We are excited about what God has in store for you. Stephanie, this is a big commitment for you as well. Uh, <laughs> and, and, your, and your three little, pe- your three little peanuts. Uh, but we know that you know that, that God has laid this on this heart and that he is definitely being called uh, not only to be a pastor, to be, but to be a pastor here at Shepherd's Gate Church. So can we give him a hand again? So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions to make sure you really want to do this, okay? All right, Ben. Do you believe and confess the books of the Old and the New Testament to be the inspired word of God and the only infallible rule of faith and practice? If so, answer, yes, I believe and confess. Yes, I believe and confess. Do you also confess that our confessions are a true expedition of Holy Scripture of the doctrines of the Lutheran Church? If so, answer, yes, I do believe and confess. Yes, I do believe and confess. Do you solemnly promise faithfully to serve God's people in this office as vicar, because that's what he's going to be called now, vicar, which means he's preparing for to be a pastor, in accordance with Holy Scripture and with these confessions? If so, answer, yes, I promise with the help of God. Yes, I promise with the help of God. Ben, are you prepared to serve as a vicar in this congregation under the supervision of the pastors, undertaking your assignments as one who seeks training for the office of holy ministry, if so, answer, I am with the help of God. I am with the help of God. Brothers and sisters in Christ of Shepherd's Gate, you have heard the confession and solemn promises of Ben Marsh, who has been called into the office of vicar in this church. I ask you now in the presence of God, will you receive him, show him fitting love and honor, and support him in your gifts and fervent prayers? If so, answer, we will with the help of God. And may God bless us in that good work. Ben Marsh, I now install you as vicar at Shepherd's Gate Church in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We're going to say a, a special prayer over Ben as well as we close our service today. So if there's any staff that are here, if you wouldn't mind just coming up, uh, gathering around Ben. Family, if you want to gather around him and go ahead and put a hand on his shoulder, we're going to pray over him. And congregation, if you're comfortable doing this, if you wouldn't mind stretching your hand uh, toward Ben in an agreement. Heavenly Father, we are just so humbled and grateful uh, once again for your plans and the way that you've orchestrated these events to lead us to this time uh, that that Ben would apply, that he would be accepted, uh, that this coming year would be such a pivotal year for him and for his family. God, we know that you have great things in store for his future. So God, we're grateful that you have called him to Shepherd's Gate. We're grateful that he's going to continue to serve as our student ministry director. And God, we're so excited as he begins the process and goes through, goes through the steps to become a fully ordained pastor and to be a blessing to this congregation. So we pray a hedge of protection around him, around his marriage, around his family. Uh, God, we thank you for their support in this. God, we pray as staff that we can continue to come around Ben and support him. And God, as a congregation, that we can do everything that we can to encourage him and to continue cheering him on because we know, God, that you have even more in store for his future. So we ask today a special blessing upon him. Continue to lead and guide this church that we know that you love and that you are at work at. God, we love you and we thank you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. 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 Can we do the end?